The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program. WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, WLHS, the Lakota Local School District, or staff and management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as specific legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on WMKV, WLHS, and the Maple Knoll Radio Network. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Good afternoon. I am Vena Jones-Cox, and this is Real Life Real Estate Investing, your nation's public radio source for the information and inspiration you need to start or grow your own real estate investing business. Well, it's a new year, and I can tell from going to the Central Ohio RIA meeting last night and the pre-registrations for the Cincinnati RIA meeting for tomorrow night and getting like videos from group leaders all over the country showing me how big their rooms full of people are in their first meeting of the year that lots of people have made resolutions regarding how this year is going to be different than last year, how they're going to make the real estate thing really work for them and how they are going to acquire some of those nice income producing assets and just just basically change the direction of their financial life. And I applaud you if that is one of your resolutions. And I also invite you to, if you're in the area, come to the RIA of Cincinnati meeting tomorrow night, because that is the exact topic. We're going to talk about how to get out of your own way, how to get your life aligned in a way that allows you to take those resolutions that you made this year and maybe also made last year and the year before and the year before and the year before and arrange your life in such a way that it's easy for you to get there instead of hard for you to get there. It's sort of like, you know, if your resolution was to lose 20 pounds this month or this month, (laughs) this year, it might be a good idea to get the potato chips out of your house, right? Well, there's similar things with your real estate business that you need to get out of your life or get into your life to make sure that you have a chance of um, making this stuff happen for yourself. And uh, that's what we're going to talk about tomorrow night. Now, here's here's the other thing. I know a lot of you are not in the Cincinnati area and you're sitting there going, man, I really need that. That would be great. If you're a real-life real estate listener and you go to our website at realliferealestate.com and you just send me an email with the subject line, please email me class, we're going to record the class tomorrow night. We're going to send it out to you at no charge, like just going to let you know how you can how you can watch it because it is that important. And I don't want you to miss it just because you can't come 2,500 miles to Cincinnati to see in an hour and a half long. Reamating. If you are in the area, it'd be great if you could attend live. You can get more information about that at CincinnatiRia.com, CincinnatiRia.com. And again, if you want a copy of the recording, send an email to go to go to realliferealestate.com, go to the ask a question button, just put 
send me the video and make sure that your email's in there because that's how we're going to send it to you. So also in celebration of this month that is uh, all about renewal, right? It's all about making things different than they were before. Uh, we're celebrating here on Real Life Real Estate by having all month long guests who have, who are just successful real life real estate investors who at some point started out just like you might be right now with, you know, not a, not a ton of knowledge and not a ton of deals and so on and turned it into what you want to turn it into. And we're going to talk with them all month about how they did that and what advice they have for folks who are even newer at the business than they are. Today, my guest is Sam Craven, who is a real life real estate investor from the Houston, Texas area. And he um, is actually relatively new to the business, given the amount that his company has done. And uh, he's here today to talk with us about uh, what the big contributors to his growth have been and how you can replicate that wherever you are. Joining us by phone is Sam Craven. Sam, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Sam, are you there? I'm not hearing Sam, Mike. Is Sam there? Well, we think he is, but we're going to have to find out. So um, that's the lovely thing about live radio is that when Mike leaves the room, Mike's the producer, and when he leaves the room to find out, I am sitting here with a microphone and nothing else and nothing planned to say because it was supposed to, what was supposed to happen was when I said, Sam, are you there? He was supposed to say, yes, I'm right here, Vina. And... He didn't say I think it. It's a so, switch, but let's try this again. all right, we're going to try it again. Sam, are you are you with us? Yes, I ah. am here. Can you hear me, Ben? Woohoo! Yes, now I can. <laughs> fantastic. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it is fantastic. Because um, you, you know, <laughs> unlike unlike a podcast, I know a lot of people do podcasts and they like sit in their you know their, their control room in their basement or whatever, and they you know they record stuff, and if if there's a problem, they fix it in post, right? can't do that on right. live radio so <laughs> so when i said sam are you here and mike's like oops and jumps up and jumps out of the room that's not that's not a great moment to be having uh so anyway um why don't you why don't you tell uh listeners sort of your origin story here like uh you know how how you how you got started how long ago what attracted you to real estate and uh what has happened since then okay awesome yeah i, I can uh start from the very beginning. So I, I got out of college, graduated with an engineering degree from Texas A&M, and uh, my wife, you know, we really didn't have a whole lot of money, but my wife wanted to buy a home in the Woodlands, which is a really nice suburb of Houston. So we we uh, we find this house that just happened to be a crack house <laughs> that was in a nice part of town, right? And uh, we buy this house, and, you know, I don't know anything about real estate. I don't know real estate investment. All I know is we wanted to buy a house. So we're buying this house. I think we paid like $140,000, $150,000 for this house. And I'm signing on the dotted line, and I look at the appraisal, and the appraisal's coming back at like $180,000. I'm like, oh, man, we just made $30,000 by buying this property. Mm-hmm. And, you know, being an engineer, I'm okay at math. I'm, I'm realizing that's a good thing. And I was like, i got to find a way to do this again. You know, at the time, I was working um, – for a company making like 55, 60 grand a year, and 30 grand was a lot of money. So 
I wanted to figure out a way to do it again. So, you know, I did a lot of research, uh, listened to a lot of podcasts, listened to a lot of radio, talked to a lot of people, and it was about two years later, decided to start the company. Decided, you know, start doing this, try to make it into something big. And, uh, and talking with my dad about what I wanted to do, you know, we decided to team up and start the company together. So we started the company in uh, middle, like June of 2012, June or July of 2012, and really kind of hit the ground running, right? So we we had didn't have a whole lot of money, but we had 500 bucks a month we could spend on marketing. So we were spending 500 bucks a month. And those first six months, we did we did three houses. We did a wholesale. We did like a buy and relist type property, and then we did a full full fledged flip there in that first six months. And we were getting pretty frustrated with ourselves because we were once we did that first wholesale, we made like 2,500 bucks, and we put that all back into our marketing and weren't really seeing a whole lot of results, scratching our head a whole lot, um, got kind of frustrated with the business and marketing and all those things. But, uh, you know, after making a lot of the mistakes in the beginning and switching our marketing up a whole lot, we just really kind of put our nose to the pavement and kept doing a lot of marketing, you know, got it real consistent. And when January of 2013 came around, we bought three houses that month. And then we bought three houses almost every single month that year. And... Since then, so since that first year, I think we've done 150 or so houses, and uh, 70 of them, about 70 of them we did in 2015, and we're hoping this year we're going to buy about 100 to 110. Mm-hmm. I'll be happy if we buy 100 houses this year, especially in Houston. You know, we're kind of a, we're a bit of an oil economy here, so we're, we have that uh, bit of a headwind facing us here, uh, but that also is going to present some opportunities for us as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, that's kind of like how I got started, how I got you know interested into it, and kind of catches you up, catches your listeners up a little bit onto what we're doing right now. So, in three and a half years, you have completed 150 total deals, some of which are wholesale, which you know those are those are right. p- pretty pretty low commitment in terms of you know there's some time involved, but yeah. it's not it's not right. the time in completely renovating a house. But some of them were also retail deals, and some of them were right. uh, owner finance type deals. So, so, so some of these are pretty uh, intense. That is really extraordinary. You realize that, right? I mean, most most people I... most people don't, <laughs> most people don't do a, do 150 deals in 10 years. Now, now to be fair, to be fair, most people aren't like you and I that we we want a full time real estate investing business and don't want a job. Right. Most, most people want to, you know, I want to acquire five rentals a year for the next five years and then I'll have, you know, by right. the time I retire, I'll be able to retire on my rents. And that's, and that's a very good yeah. goal, you know, much, much better than 90% of the people in the United States do. But absolutely. And that's, that's the beauty of real estate. Really. You can do with it. You can make it as big or as small as you want. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But even folks who are that ambitious, even folks who, who say, yeah. you know, I want to, I want to go kill it and I want to do a flipping business and I want to do this and that generally don't get to the point within three years where they can do 70 deals a year. So yeah. what is your big secret? Are you super smart? Are you, are you unbelievably <laughs> handsome? Are you, are you, what, 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 what's happening here that's different than what other people are doing? You know, that's a, that's a really good question. Um, I have a license plate on one of my cars that says C student because I was awful in school. I was the, uh, I was a straight C student. I mean, I, I could hardly pay attention in class. I could, and even the stuff where I was paying attention, it was it was difficult for me to grasp. Um, 
So you are brilliant then. What is the secret? <laughs> no, I don't know about that. <laughs> so, the, the you know the thing that like they can separate the people who do a little bit when they want to do a lot versus the ones that really kind of find a way to make it. I feel like is they're the ones who truly understand their why in life, or at the same time, you know, they have those long-term goals for themselves. I think, you know, when I came into the business, I knew exactly where we wanted to be. I, uh, frankly, I wanted to be where we are now a year ago. Um, but I knew that's where we wanted to be, and so we had that broad, that long-term, that big, hairy, nasty goal that just seems way too big for anything that you think you're capable of doing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But what it does is it allows us to drive our decisions that we make now to know, to help us make better decisions, to help us put, be in a better position, you know, six months to a year to two years to three years from now. Mm-hmm. Thank you for saying that about the big hairy goal, because I, I, I'm telling you, if one more person, I'm just warning you listeners, if <laughs> one more person mentions smart goals to me again in the next, in the next couple oh, of weeks, man. I'm going to strangle them. And for those of you who don't know what I'm what I'm talking about, you know, smart goals are like this sort of sort of like pseudo corporate um, uh, method of goal setting where you set goals that are reachable and attainable and measurable and time bound. And it's all very it's all very, you know, um, so so, you know, very, very, very. And every time somebody somebody says, well, you know, I didn't just do resolutions this year. I did smart goals. I say, okay, so do you think man went to the moon on smart goals? Do you think NASA sat down and, yeah. and did some specific measurable attainable <laughs> goals when they did that? Do you think That's any exactly church right. has ever been built on smart goals? Do you think, do you think somebody, somebody builds a, 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 a world-class real estate business on smart goals goals? No, they build them on dumb goals. Right. <laughs> they build them on goals that, that, that are totally unattainable. That, that gets to a, <laughs> right. That gets to a beautiful point. I mean, ignorance is bliss when it comes to setting your goals. <laughs> I mean, if if you think if you think you know what you're doing and you're setting goals that you think you can maybe hit that year, you're just doing it wrong and you're setting yourself up for failure. I think your goal should be unattainable because if what's the long saying or the old saying, right? You shoot for the the shoot. moon, but you still land among the stars or something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's something that I've had to learn personally. I mean, it wasn't necessarily taught to me by, by anyone, but it's like, you know, you sit down with someone, you have that mentor. They say, you know what? Okay. I know you're saying you want to do 10 houses next year, but that seems pretty easy to buy, you know, one house a month. Right. Mm-hmm. Why not do 50 houses? What happens if you only do 20 houses when your goal is 50? It's like, well, crap, okay, I did, I did, I did 20 houses. That's fantastic. So I'm right there with you. I, mm-hmm. I think smart goals are, are for dumb people. Mm-hmm. And, and listeners, I'd like to challenge you. I mean, okay, so don't, please don't set a goal like I'm going to lose 50 pounds in the next month. Okay, <laughs> you know, not, 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 nothing like that, all right? Nothing dangerous. But uh, I, I challenge you, amongst the resolutions that you've made, to put at least one in there that you just do. You, you can't even figure out how you're going to do it right now. And if you're, if you're a newbie, uh, maybe, it's, maybe it's more deals than you think you could do. If you're, if you're uh, one of these, I want to I buy five properties a year, uh, folks, uh, how about I want to get one, one of those free? You know, something that's something that's just nutty and yeah. let your mind go to work on it and and 
you know, so so maybe you don't get one of your rentals for free, but maybe you get it for you know five thousand bucks or something, and you know, in right. here in the Midwest, that's a very doable number actually. So <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's that's my challenge to you listeners. We're gonna we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, we're gonna talk to Sam uh, more about how he built such a large business in such a short period of time. If you have any questions or comments here in our first program of the year, you can call them in at 877-772-9658, 877-772-9658. Or you can send us an email. What you need to do is go to realliferealestate.com, click the Ask Me No Question button, fill in your question, and it'll come to us by email. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing, talking today to Sam Craven, who you've never heard of because he's, well, unless you live in the Houston area or are on bigger pockets a lot, uh, he's, <laughs> he's just a real life real estate guy. And that's what we're doing this entire January. No gurus, no nationally known names, no vanilla ice, nobody like that. It's going to be all folks who are relatively uh, new to the business and who have done really great things. So uh, today it's Sam, and he had, if you missed the first part of the show, he has uh, gone from never did a deal, didn't even own his own house, to 150 total deals, 70 last year alone in about three and a half years. So obviously a very impressive um, um career path there and he's apparently not 100 percent sure how he did it himself except other than setting goals but i mean i think you know big a big chunk of it sam the thing the thing that i heard you say you do, did that everybody knows they should do but they just don't do it is the marketing i mean isn't isn't that kind of right. like where everything starts is do i have a deal to do something with well that's that's a really good point so i think when we get started this business we forget. I think there's there's two arms to our business, the way that we think of our business. First and foremost, we're a marketing company. Nothing happens without, without the phone ringing, without us buying a house. So we have a lot of, we dedicate a lot of resources, both time and money, to our marketing. Um, we've spent well over six figures on marketing last year, and we're going to spend even more than that this year. The other big thing is, of course, the sales side. So you know, when you're actually going out and talking to someone, whether you're buying their house or you're selling a wholesale, you are a salesperson. You're selling your company to them. You're selling them on the reason to sell you their home versus go to a realtor or go to the other investor down the street. But yeah, to your point, uh, I think I can't hammer it home hard enough that nothing in this business happens unless we're spending money on marketing. Mm-hmm. Everybody, you realize everybody gives lip service to that, right? But it's oh, the yeah. people who actually do it that manage to find seven well, deals in one year. <laughs> right. Well, and, you know, like, like I kind of alluded to when we starting off, you know, we didn't know what we were doing. We, we got on bigger pockets. We talked to as many people as we could, and, and we, we were doing marketing, but we really kind of got frustrated a whole lot in the beginning. And what we've learned through trial and error, through making mistakes, through losing money, is the best thing we can do for marketing in any market, is do it consistently. So I've, you know, I've uh, been on a few of these programs. I've, I've uh, had the pleasure of working with a few different people and trying to help them get their, you know, real estate business off the ground. And what we found works is to set a modest budget for yourself. 
you know, whatever that may be. If you can spend a hundred bucks a month, spend it. Five hundred bucks a month, spend it. A thousand, two thousand, three thousand, five thousand dollars a month, spend it. And what I tell everyone when starting off is just write off. If you're spending a thousand dollars a month on marketing, write off the first six months. Just just assume the fact that you're going to lose six thousand dollars on marketing, and that's going to get your mindset correct. You're already going to know that it's okay. Whatever. I'm writing the check, and it's done. Because what happens every single time is you're going to spend that $1,000 in the first month of marketing, and you're going to get a few calls, and you're not going to buy a house. And you're going to spend that $1,000 a month on marketing the second month, and you're going to get a few calls, and you're not going to buy a house. You're going to get discouraged, and then you're going to quit, or then you're going to pause your marketing. And that's the absolute worst thing you can do when starting a new marketing plan is to quit a month or two in. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, because if what we found through the mistakes that we've made by doing exactly what I just said not do, is if we quit marketing, we hurt ourselves for the three months after that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it it we it just it kills our deal flow if we stop marketing. Oh, a hundred percent agreed. A hundred percent agreed. Yeah. And and um, what happens with a lot of investors, if you know folk, folks who are who are sitting there going, "Man, she is beating this to death." I am telling you, if I could only do one thing every day on my business, it would be getting out outbound marketing to sellers because everything else comes from that. And I know how it is. I I know. I remember back when I was, you know, now we have somebody else address the marketing and all that kind of stuff. But I remember when I first got started and first understood how important marketing was and I was doing it myself myself like literally addressing postcards in front of the television <laughs> that what would happen, yeah. what would happen is I would do it. I'd be really good about it for like a week. And then the calls would start coming in and then I get a property under contract and I get distracted because, oh, yeah. because now I got to go, you know, I'm, I'm all, I'm, I'm a newbie, right? And I'm all panicked about, am I going to be able to sell this house or rent this house or I need to fix it? And you know, whatever the thing is. And I stop marketing. And and even when I think about it, I go, oh, it's okay. I, I can't deal with anything else right now. But then whenever the when when the first thing is all settled, I look up and I'm going, I, there's no more deals. Okay, I just I got a check. That's great, <laughs> but there's no more deals. And as you said, there's no more deals. Like there's no more good leads for several weeks. You know, you got to restart it and and wait for that next good lead to come in. So, um, what yep, are what are you cycle. what what are you finding is like the most effective kind of marketing you're doing right now? Okay, so I love this question, okay? This is my favorite question because everyone always asks me this everywhere I go. You know, what's the most effective marketing you're doing right now? What works best? Where should I go? And the real secret, the real secret to this business, okay? I'll, I'll share this with your listeners, especially because they're not in my market, <laughs> is all of it works. There's no secret to marketing where you are. The secret is pick your budget, Pick your medium, be that, uh, you know, bandit signs, direct mail, website, probate, door knocking, whatever it is you want to do, and do it consistently. That's the real secret to the business. We do all the marketing. There's no marketing that we don't do or have not done. And we've found that it all works. You just have to do it consistently. Okay. I would, I would agree with that. That's yeah. a good good piece of advice. And remember, you're taking a piece of advice here, ladies and gentlemen, from someone who did 70 deals last year. So I don't know. Take it or leave it. It's up to you. 
Um, all right. So um, has it all been beer and Skittles? It's easy to hear you say, oh, I did 70, 70 this, this last year and go, yeah. wow, this guy is just leading a charmed life. Are there... Are no. there are there projects that go badly wrong amongst Absolutely. those things? There there are projects that go wrong. There are closings that go wrong. There are projects that go I mean it's just it's the this is a very complicated business with so many different moving parts and you're working with so many different vendors and people that just anything that can go wrong you will find at some point you will have to face it. So, you know, this year we've lost we hadn't lost money at all. Okay, except this year, we lost money on a project. We lost big money on a project, about $60,000. And it's okay. It's okay to lose money on a project every now and then. It hurts a whole lot more when you're starting off. But it's okay to lose money. It's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to, to uh, you know, have a contractor run off with material or have something <laughs> stolen or have a closing go bad or have financing fall through from one of your buyers. I mean... These are the things that, uh, that happen every single day that we're faced with every single day. You just have to keep your eye on the prize, which is getting the deal closed, getting the deal done, doing right by your sellers, treating them appropriately, treating your buyers right. You take care of all those things. You're going to win some. You're going to lose some. But at the end of the day, you're going to be net positive, and good things will continue to come your way. You just got to keep that positive attitude. Some days it's hard as heck to keep that positive attitude, but... Keep that positive attitude and that positive outlook. It it, uh, it will pay dividends for you. Absolutely correct. And uh, I think it's roughly time for us to take a quick break. Okay, so you're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing, talking today to Sam Craven about how he built a business that wholesales, retails, does owner finance deals, and just does does an extraordinary number of them. 70 last year, aiming for 100 this year. In only three and a half years, this is a guy you might want to ask some questions of. And if that's the case, give us a call at 877-772-9658 or send an email by going to ask, uh, sorry, going to, it's uh, the old one, realliferealestate.com, fill in the question and answer form and we'll get it by email. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today is Sam Craven who is a real-life investor from Houston, Texas. Next week, we're going to have a guy from uh, the Philadelphia area who's been wholesaling properties for about a year and so far has negotiated himself a deal where he's paying 70 bucks a month for a rental on owner financing and just got a house for 1000 bucks and... Nice. Just doing all that stuff that you know wholesalers that are have been in the business for ten years sometimes can't manage to pull off. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, we're talking about the secrets of Sam's success. How did he build such a big business in such a short period of time? If you have questions for Sam, you can call us at eight seven 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 two nine six five eight or email via the website. Go to realliferealestate.com. Sam, this is a lot of. You didn't you didn't say it directly, but with this many purchases and rehabs, there's a lot of money involved here. So are you There is, there's quite a bit of money involved. Are you like a jillionaire and you just like wrote oh, checks man, I for wish. all of this? Or how did you, I mean that's I I know a lot of people a lot of people are thinking, how in the world 
did a guy this young raise the capital to to do all of this? Are banks like throwing themselves at your feet and saying, "Please take our money"? <laughs> Man, I just I wish it was that way. Do you know Do you know banks like that? Can <laughs> I you do not. Information? <laughs> uh, no, that's a that's a really fair question. So when I started the company. Uh, that house that I'd purchased with my wife, it had appreciated in value quite a bit. So when we went to start the company, we needed some money. So I mortgaged my house. I got $25,000 out from my house. Um, I love cars. I love racing. So I sold my race car and I sold another car. And all that stuff was to to help fund the business. So that's where we got a lot of our startup capital from. Um, but then, you know, as we grow, as anyone who's who's in this business understands, I mean, leverage just allows you to do so much more um, than just, you know, if you had $200,000 and just buying one house versus leveraging and then your really only cash outlay is going to be, you know, $10,000 or something like that per property because you're getting a hard money loan and they're giving you most of the money. Um, so we have been really fortunate that we actually have not had to use your traditional hard money lender uh, on any deal that we've done. The very first deal that we did we got the owner of the property to finance us the uh, the home at no money down, and then we paid out of pocket to do the renovations. Now, that person owner financed us the house, but in reality, that was our first private lender. So boom, just like that, we had a track record. So using that track record on that property that we were successful on, we were able to go and approach you know, we went to all the, we still do this. We still go to all the networking events. We still talk to as many people as we can. Anyone who's known me for more than three seconds knows I'm a real estate investor and I borrow money. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and that's how we raise our capital now. We do it through private lenders. Uh, we have uh, about $2 million with banks. So we have lines of credit with banks. But still, the majority of our money is done through uh, our private lenders. And it's just kind of like you said, you know, you go out, you shake hands, you talk to people and try to try to find people who want to invest in real estate, but maybe don't necessarily, you know, want to deal with tenants and toilets and, you know, swinging a hammer and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and there, are, there are more of those folks out there than there are folks who are willing to swing a hammer. So uh, and, and, and right. you're, you're going to get I think what frustrates a lot of newer investors who are looking for private money is that they hear no a lot. Oh yeah. But, but, <laughs> that's, that's just uh that's just a fact of life. Yeah, well I mean right? if you, and if you want to get used to it go to a bunch of banks and ask for money and then they'll tell you no and then you'll be <laughs> it'll be like it won't it won't hurt anymore when, you know, if if four out of five people that our potential private lenders just say, I don't want to do this or I don't want to do it with you because you're too new or I don't believe in the project or I don't believe in you or whatever. It, what matters is the fifth one said yes. So right. um, <laughs> another I, good thing to do. I, I like that. So every every no you hear is one step closer to yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what what is the plan going forward here? You've You've already reached a level that most real estate businesses don't ever see and you're still you know you're still out there doing it what is the longer term outlook here for your business what are you going to be doing over the course of the next few years well short term we need to hire people uh we just hired a new project manager we're going to be hiring two new salespeople in our company um uh here we would probably be doing that hopefully in the next 30 days 
and then probably hiring one more in about 90 days. Once we have that core team in place, there'll be about uh, nine or ten people in our office, maybe a little bit less than that, about eight people in our office. And that's going to be the core team that's going to take us to another market. So basically, we're building a business model that not necessarily we're going to franchise, but is franchisable. Does that make sense? Like, uh, we love processes in our company. So we have a written process from everything from when we do our marketing to taking a seller lead to handling objections to putting a property under contract to wholesaling the property to renovating the property to starting the renovation. I mean, you get the idea. We have a written process for everything. And so we're going to take this process that we have, we're going to find the right people in hiring, and we're going to grow the business in the city of Houston up to a point where we're doing, we're, we're comfortable, we're doing a big volume, everyone's really kind of hit their stride, and then once we're ready, once we think we're ready, we're going to go to a new market, mm-hmm. and we're going to replicate this exact same business in another market. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How far away are you going? Is someplace else, in, I mean, I know in Texas you can go a thousand miles and still be in Texas. Right. Uh, so we don't know yet. We don't know exactly where that's going to take us. Uh, we're just going to have to look at the different markets and and see which market offers us the greatest amount of opportunity. Mm-hmm. So we're really not really married to the state. We're not really married to this area. We just want to make a good business decision and pick a market that's going to be right for us. Okay. Okay. So you de- you, you have a definite plan to expand you're just not 100 percent sure right. where yet okay so no, right exactly let's say that you are a brand new investor listening to the program right now and mm-hmm. you're thinking well you know clearly this guy i don't know has some magic going for him that he's not telling us about he's got you know magic wand <laughs> from hogwarts that makes deals happen here uh but you're willing to step out on some faith and say, maybe I could get in a similar position in the next three to five years. What is the very first thing that you would say to that person? Go go do this today. It would probably be set goals. And it would probably be to set a five-year goal for yourself. Don't make a New Year's resolution. New Year's re- no one keeps New, New Year's resolutions. Make a five-year goal for yourself. And like we talked about earlier, make it a goal that sounds kind of crazy, something that you would be embarrassed to tell your friend about, right? Mm-hmm. Make it a little bit crazy. Set that five-year goal. What I like to do, and I, we do this with all new people who join our team, and we do it with ourselves once a year, is we reset our goals. So make that five-year goal. Figure out what that goal is going to be. I want to know what you drive, what kind of house you have, how many houses you have, what your income is, uh, what your family life is like how much vacation you take every year. I want all that stuff to be in the in the five-year goal. And then you're going to write out what you need to do in three years to reach that in five years. And then you're going to write out what you're going to do in one year to reach that three-year goal. And, you know, just kind of back into what you need to do this this day, today, to reach your goal in five years. And what I found is when you go five years out and you systematically back into it, five-year, three-year, one-year, six-month, this month, it, you're like, holy cow! This is this is this isn't crazy. I can do this. <laughs> I mean, it's it's kind of a, it's a beautiful aha moment. Mm-hmm. So and if you're starting out in real estate investing, and you're, you're you, what what we've been able to do 
you know, is, is just, you know, too much to handle. Set that five-year goal back into it, and you're going to realize, oh, man, this is, this is more than, this is more than uh, doable. You know, Sam's not crazy. Sam doesn't have magic beans. He just set a plan and executed on it. So I think that's probably the, the biggest thing. That and, of course, marketing. Get your marketing money out. <laughs> and, and I assume that after you write out this beautiful vision for five years from now, you stick it in a drawer and never look at it again, right? Uh, no, it's tacked to my wall. <laughs> it's, ta- it's, it's tacked to my wall, and, and it's it's uh, really intimately shared with uh, my closest team members and my wife uh, and my family because they're going to be the ones that hold me accountable to it. If I, I have a really, really, really big car addiction, and so if I start like chasing after a car or you know start trying to spend money on something I shouldn't, my wife's going to be right there to remind me, be like, look, is that on your goals list? Is the car on your goals list? Or... Is it to buy more rental properties? Okay, okay, all right, fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll go buy more rental properties then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, and I'm gonna. I'm yeah, gonna, find I'm, people to. Go ahead. I'm gonna encourage listeners to actually uh, go back through the Real Life Real Estate archive at uh, realliferealestate.com. We've got about I don't know a couple hundred shows there, and check out the show that we did with Sean McCluskey about um, life and air because he does a, a kind of a deep dive into this whole idea of what what you are calling a a five-year goal he would call a vision statement right okay. it's, it's about it's about this is this is what my life is going to look like and i think those are incredibly important incredibly powerful and that um it's very hard to stay inspired through the the problems i mean you you you, you said there's if, if something can go wrong it eventually will and th- there's there's frustrations every week in my business you know this we 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 got a contract today from a seller that we made the agreement on the deal with 10 weeks ago (laughs) but he has no fax machine he has no email he has no you know apparently no ability to receive u.s mail and for for 10 weeks we're calling this guy like twice a week saying are are we doing this or not are we doing this or not are we doing this or not and i really i really didn't think it was going to happen cuz he kept putting it off so much and and that's you know so yeah. what big deal in the in the big scheme of things but it's frustrating how do you get through those frustrations if you don't have some vision that inspires you you know i want to get rich there is not go. a vision I want to. I want to. I want to be a millionaire. Is not inspiring. It's. It's a number. I want to be able to live in other countries six months a year, so that I can really immerse myself in the culture because that's my great love. And I want to do that without worrying about money. I want my business to keep running without me, while I'm out of the country six months a year. It is something that you know, if you love that sort of thing, might inspire you. Um, so right. yeah, something, something that, that, that piece of it deserves a much deeper look by our listeners because it's, uh, it's super important. So you, you had challenges coming up to this point. What challenges do you think you're going to be facing as you double the size of your business and in a different market, which always has some interesting you know, little charge challenges. <laughs> <laughs> right. And the beautiful thing is, 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 I, I tell this to people, and they don't believe me, but I swear to God, I have no idea what I'm doing. Absolutely no idea what I'm doing. I don't know what challenges I'm going to face tomorrow. I have no idea. I don't know what the challenges are going to be when we try to expand in our market. I don't know what the challenges are going to be when we try to expand in another city. I can do everything I can to try to get ahead of the curve, 
but the reality is I don't know. You know, if we knew what all the challenges were ahead of time, we wouldn't have any challenges because we'd, we'd get rid of them early. Um, all I know is I've got the drive, we've got a good team, and we've got great processes. And all that's going to do is make our life easier. I, I suspect the biggest challenge we're going to we're going to have is probably um, hiring the right people, getting good talent in place, and retaining good talent. I think we've already experienced that a little bit. It's taken us a long time to hire the the few people that we need because we're being very picky about who we bring in. Uh, so I suspect short term it's going to be getting the right talent in place. And once we get the right people in place, then I think. Uh, there's probably nothing that can't uh, can't get in our way at that point. I laugh inside every time you say it's taken a long time. Say <laughs> 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 so it's taken me a long time. Well, yeah, I, uh, it couldn't have been more than three and a half years. <laughs> it's not not really a very long time, but okay. Uh, so maybe, maybe I'm a little impatient. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, maybe so. Um, tell me, tell me what what role education played in all of this for you i mean did you just like go out and rehab your first house by watching a tv show on how to rehab houses or (laughs) i did did not i wish it was that easy i wish all the numbers and everything that happened in those in those tv programs was accurate um so when we first got started um my dad actually got us signed up with a um a nationwide mentoring program. I don't know if I'm allowed to say it on air. Nope. Um, <laughs> yeah. I figured I'd ask. So, yeah, we uh, we got involved with a nationwide mentoring program, and we, we frankly paid a lot of money um, to get involved in this organization. And, you know, say what you will about, about uh, mentors. There's a lot of bad ones out there. There's a ton of bad ones out there, but there's a few good ones out there, too. And I, I used to be the grade-A hater of mentorship and things like that. You know, oh, we don't need to do it. I've got bigger pockets. I know what I'm doing. I've got the podcast. I've got people I can talk to like it's not a big deal. And what I've learned, especially as our business has continued to grow, and I've found coaches and mentors even now that we're paying for to help us get to the next level, is that it's just like a good coach. A good coach on a football team or a basketball team or a driver coach if you're racing, I mean, You've got someone there to motivate you, number one, show you the clear path to, and, and, and show you the clear path to success. And so we did. We went through a coaching program, and I feel very fortunate that we found a good one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like everybody else who is successful with this, you did make an investment of time and money in your education. Yes, we absolutely did, and we haven't stopped doing that. We continue to invest time and money in education. Yeah, I uh, I was uh, um, in the um, talk I gave yesterday in Columbus and I'm giving tomorrow here in Cincinnati. Uh, one of the one of the things I I said was if you if you don't know how to do this business, you just can't. There's there's not any figuring it out. <laughs> right. Right. How do you figure out what a house is worth if you don't know how to find out what a house is worth? It's it's called guessing. Yeah, there, you, <laughs> You you can buy it, screw it up, and lose a bunch of money. <laughs> exactly, and that'll you know that'll that'll teach you uh, months up the line after you've already lost a bunch of money. And it, it, right. you know how, how the the way you get the way you get ability in this business is by getting education. 
and 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 there's yep. just there's no getting around it. And I mean, people like to do it different ways. Some people like to listen to audios, read books, watch videos, get get uh, uh, into coaching programs like you did. Uh, uh, you know, obviously, I'm a big fan of uh, people joining their local real estate associations. Yep. But both for the education and for uh, almost more importantly for the networking, for the the fact that you yeah. get to meet other people who are doing what you do. So this is. Um, this is a big this is a big thing you've done and I, I haven't followed you around but I can guarantee you it was a huge amount of work and you have taken it upon yourself to uh, take on another huge amount of work over the next three to five years in the last minute of the show here tell us why what you t- you told everybody they have to have a why what is your why right. so all through college all through all growing up all I wanted to do is be a race car driver that's it I, I didn't have a whole lot of direction. All I did was play with cars and go racing and all that kind of stuff. And when I was going up through through school, I was working for professional race teams. I, I made it to the point. I didn't have the money. It takes so much money to get started in racing, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars, and in some cases millions of dollars, just to get your career going in racing, and I didn't have that. But... I got a job working as a mechanic and engineer on professional race teams. So all through college, I was traveling around the country uh, and some internationally, turning wrenches on Ferraris and open-wheel formula cars and things like that. And a couple really interesting things happened to me when I was doing that. Number one, I realized I really, really, really just wanted to be a driver. Um, I enjoyed being around it. I mean, of course, I still love racing, but... I wanted to drive. I didn't want to turn wrenches, but that's all I could afford to do, and that's all, the only way to be around it. Second thing was, is I was spending nine months a road, nine months a year on the road, and I'm away from my family. I, well, my then wife, my wife and I have been dating since high school, but I was spending all this time away from my wife. I had was making okay money for being in college, but it wasn't worth it because of my work-life balance was just crap. So. My why turned into number one, and this sounds weird, but number one was, uh, well, it's not, this number one doesn't sound weird. Number two sounds weird. Number one was to be able to spend time with my wife, have more than two months, two years, excuse me, more than two weeks a year off of work. Uh, we'll, I wind up, 2015, I took about, uh, I think, 12 weeks off total um, and spend as much time as I can with her. Number two was I wanted to be able to spend a million dollars a year on racing. Just nice. kiss a goodbye. <laughs> nice. And nice. I'm not I'm not there yet. You know, you talk but about you the big be. audacious goal. Yeah. <laughs> yep, you right? will be very good. I'm not there yet at all. So yep. that's that's kind of that's my why. My why is to spend time with my family and to be able to spend money on racing and I never I don't want my children to not be able to chase their dream because they don't have enough money. So that's my wife. All right. Well, we are out of time. Very much appreciate you, Sam, and congratulations on all of your success. You've been listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing, and we will be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. Until then, happy investing. Happy investing.